Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Black Girl Flow podcast, a space dedicated to creating conversation that pushes us to be in alignment and at peace with ourselves and the world around us. We are about cultivating joy, growth, and success in our life, love, and identity. So join us as we find our flow. We are your hosts, Liv and Lex, two 20-something-year-old Black girls working every day to be in flow, and we want you along this journey with us. So I'm really excited for today's conversation because it's all about understanding, like, how do we give the credit to our muses and our influence culturally, personally, like, how are we experiencing that as Black women at Black History Month and Women's History Month? What we also know is that we have this time in the year because so many women don't get credit for their contributions, don't get credit for highlighting women's issues, don't get really, you know, the saying goes, don't get her flowers. Like we're not giving the credit where credit is due. and welcome back to the Black Girl Flow podcast. We hope that your March is going well, that you are taking care of everything that's in your garden, physically, mentally, emotionally, because spring is upon us and the sunshine is here to stay. I am so happy that we lost an hour and I, and rarely do I ever talk about, you know, like, losing an hour in a positive way but the way daylight savings time was whooping my ass like I need I need this so (laughs) so I'm feeling good the look of just like that your your hero has arrived like absolutely all of a sudden you're like we gonna make it we We gonna gonna make make it it. I know I feel like there are two types of people during daylight savings time like people that are like I'm gonna need my hour back and I don't care how I who get it. Who do I back. invoice? Right. Who do I invoice for <laughs> for this loss, for this expense? Absolutely. And then there's the people like me that are like, yippee! Like, I'm so happy. <laughs> Which I can't like, don't get me wrong. I love a good hour. Right. Or like I love a good like extra sunlight. Mm-hmm. But it is one of those things I'm like, wow, didn't know so many people's personalities were dependent on like one extra hour of sunshine. Mm. sunshine I know? know. Yeah. It's like, I think the first week is probably the roughest because you're just trying to figure out different ways to get that hour back, dousing yourself in caffeine if necessary. <laughs> but I'm feeling really great. And this is a super special episode because me and Lex have finally moved in together. Give me, give me a sound effect, Lex. Like, 
things are going well. It's about what week two going on week three. We finished. Yeah, we finished two. You're going on three. And it literally feels like you got here yesterday. Like it does not feel like the weeks are passing by, which is wild because I feel like it's just gonna like time's gonna fly by. But it genuinely is that's the case when you're with people that like bring you so much happiness. Absolutely. You know. We've just been kikiing and just messing with each other nonstop. <laughs> like literally, if Lex is in a meeting, I'll just knock on the door and she'll have to turn off her camera and she's like, yo, what's up? And I'm like, I just wanted to see you. <laughs> so it's been super dope. Um, just like exploring more of North Carolina and living with you and becoming a Trader Joe's girl. <laughs> Y'all, I'm reinventing myself. I've said it a million times. I'll keep saying it. Now that I'm in North Carolina, all I want to do is live like a crunchy granola North Carolina lifestyle where I feel I, like it's like a little disrespectful when you say that because it's like not everybody. Girl, don't make my lifestyle your aesthetic. <laughs> don't appropriate look I like I've always had this side of me you know what I mean but yo what I'm saying is that you're saying well one you're also inadvertently saying that I fit that criteria you do though and maybe that's a conversation for a different episode you are crunchy you are granola no I'm like I'm chill bruh you eat dried chickpeas as a snack and nuts you are granola that's because it's the there are no just because i'm not downy snacks in your cabinets <laughs> popcorn there is yes and it's like organic like light meat like you've got to put the seasoning on the popcorn the popcorn don't come buttered so you are very <laughs> you're really so painting granola me. okay but you this- garden you go to the farmer's market you <laughs> Like, do you even drink like whole milk? Like, is that even a thing for you? Like, please. Yeah, the one of the best things, there's so many great things about living with your best friend. And I'm sure, you know, we're in the honeymoon stage of it all. But Liv is getting an up close and personal look at my life, which like she has gotten many a time, but this just feels like next level where she's yeah. like, ah. I see. I see. It all makes sense. And I feel like it's, I get the same thing for her because I'm watching her do so many things for the first time, like buy like your furniture. Like this is going to be the furniture you have in your adult life. Mm -hmm. Like you, you're all of your cooking adventures and stuff like that. So it's also one of those, like we're seeing intimate details of each other's lives. Yeah. And that's always super rejuvenating when you've been friends for so many years and Mm -hmm. you can still appreciate the complexities and to just like support each other in your woman journey, which is like too rad. I know like Lexi's watching me cook for myself and it's an experience <laughs> I think I put on a show when I'm cooking primarily because I'm just like talking to myself the entire the time, entire time the only way I can describe it is when you put floaties on a little kid and like they go to the deep end and they jump in and you have to sit there and even though they're struggling you're just, like they have floaties they're gonna be fine they're gonna be, they're gonna be totally fine but they're like literally having a panic attack again, <laughs> and they're like help me and you're like you have your bodies you're gonna be fine you're gonna be fine, gonna be fine. Be great yeah I'm like oh this one came out a little burnt <laughs> I was just talking to myself but you have to give yourself so much credit because you oh. decided to do all of the life things at one time like yeah. she decided to literally reinvent yourself mm-hmm. in like 
a two month span. So I feel like that has to give you more credit. Cause like, I feel like I at least did it incrementally to the time, but you're like, Oh, adulting. Yeah. I'll take one of everything on the menu. (laughs) No. And that's, I think that's just a metaphor for my life. Like I just try to rip the bandaid off and see what happens. And if it works, it works, but if it doesn't, it doesn't. But yeah, that's my post check. Long story short. I feel like that was a blended. I wonder if that's going to be more of it. Like, because now we're going to be more in tune. But there's a lot of things going on. I definitely think for me, there are a lot of like changes. Mm -hmm. But I think now I just need, like, I need a routine. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, but not a routine. Like, you know, I think, yeah. Cause like, I see you trying to do yours, but I'm just like, I just need, maybe it's less about a routine and just something to like look forward to in the coming Mm -hmm. weeks and months. But it's just like, I haven't been so focused on so many external things that it's like, okay, it's time to come back inside for a hot second. My girl working two jobs, got the podcast, got, (laughs) you know, just social activities, trying to spread really, really take the most out of life. But you'll just wake up one day and you'll be like, "Hmm, I think I'm going to run a marathon and then start training for it for like a month and then do it and so then that will be like your routine for april not even not even actually how that one goes (laughs) but it's women's history month it is women's history month and you know so much has been going on in the world we're not gonna ignore that right like the so like gas like pick any of the number of the doomsday crises that are going on. Yeah. But I do think it's really important that we do still take time to celebrate and kind of pay homage to the past or our history and our context. Absolutely. Granted, you know, we get this two months in a row, we get Black History Month and Women's History Month. But I think it's really important because the process of remembering and and giving that credit and celebrating those who have come before us those who are paving the way in the present moment like mm-hmm. it's so much a part of how we can understand our own journey and also vision for a better history absolutely but with the complexities of exactly that black history month and women's history month what we also know is that we have this time in the year because so many women don't get credit mm. for their contributions, don't get credit for highlighting women's issues, don't get really, you know, the saying goes, don't get yeah. her flowers. Like right. we're not giving the credit where credit is due. So I'm really excited for today's conversation because it's all about understanding, like, how do we give the credit to our muses and our influence culturally, personally, like how are we experiencing that as black women? Absolutely. And it's like perfectly timed because, you know, we have recently, I saw that Instagram just, um, is putting a feature on that you can start crediting like original content creators because what do we know like literally everybody knows that we steal so much social media content from black creators but it goes so much beyond that but it's nice because we're also coming off of so much black contribution in art like when we just think about like insecure and Issa Rae and like all those things it's like we just need to start shouting people out and giving them their flowers absolutely it's kind of crazy being in this growing up in this digital age where everything on social media like you can just watch a creator with a hundred followers drop a bomb idea and then you know be viral yeah I mean they they can be viral but like someone else with a 
with a larger platform can easily just take from them and, Mm -hmm. you know, make kind of like their own business, get Mm -hmm. a bunch of brand deals just based off of grabbing that one person's intellectual property. And you never hear about them ever again, Mm -hmm. unless you have people that are like going to hold other people accountable. So, I mean, I, it's weird because it's like, as a Black creative, I live within this duality of being like, okay, taking inspiration from other people, but also like recognizing that no idea is original Mm -hmm. and like, we have to figure out how we can create cool ideas that are kind of like remixes of original ideas. I feel like that's what good art does. Like you're remixing other ideas, not like stealing an original idea. And so as a Black creative, I feel like I have to be extremely conscious about the work that I give credit to. And then also just like showing people behind the scenes of like my process of working and like how I came to a certain idea. I like that focus on your like, at least giving people the transparency of where the idea came from. Mm -hmm. But I think we just really need to spend a moment and like really talk about how Black culture as a whole, like there's the erasure of so much Black women's contribution and also taking their ideas, intellectual property and profiting off of it. But it's like, this is like a legit problem. Like even streetwear, that we Mm. see today like watch any documentary on netflix hulu about history of streetwear of sneaker culture sneaker culture like hairstyles like there's countless and then of course it bleeds into social media because we never really addressed it in culture to begin with right but i think something about this conversation because it is this really tension and crunchy point between well nothing's original yeah but yet we've commodified so much off of black culture that what we're seeing is that that benefit that profit is not reinvested back into that those communities that came up with the idea and I think that's a really important distinction of we're saying like of course ideas like we're still living right you know all the iterations of life but it's like is the profit of those ideas going back to the sole proprietor in the first place? And what we consistently see is that that is not the case. Right. Absolutely. That was a, that was a, that was a gym drop right there. And so like within, within being a black intellectual, as (laughs) you would call yourself, like, how do you find your inspiration and like find your own personal muses? like within your work yeah within my thoughts within, within my thoughts. my quiet time yes. yeah and it is funny because it the little bit of background to this too like Liv and I when we were chatting about this idea I was like oh well Liv like you're the black creative yeah and like I just consider myself like somebody who thinks about things and it definitely has to give you props for always reminding me that it's like no 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 you're creative it's, yeah because and I think we do have to give a moment and pause to like yeah even thinking about things in requires a creative aspect absolutely and so I think like that we always talk about like the strategic part of stuff and like the visioning piece of it so I'm gonna give you your flowers for giving me that that thought but I think to your exact point it's a melding of 
it's like when your ideas and your experiences have a dance mm. and they dance together and the way that they dance and create that movement is the byproduct of your creativity. Absolutely. So I think for me, it's just about observing my, like the things that I'm learning, the things that, and it's dimensional. Cause it's yeah. like, it's not just the things I'm reading or watching YouTube videos about, or, you know, trying to learn more about myself. It's that coupled with my experiences in a very tangible way and so for me that can be really anything I think I get a lot of inspiration from nature I love Mm. pulling lessons from what's already around us and just applying it to my own context but I do think that that's really important like to be transparent about your sources and I'll be the first one to say when I'm talking about something like I read a book I heard a podcast like I read a blog like I'm cool with not being the first one that thought about this, right? but it's the, it's the way that you communicate those ideas as well. It's the way you contextualize it, Absolutely. whether in a physical medium of fabric, whether mm-hmm. on the social media platform or whether in just like words. And so for me, I think I get a lot of that from the combination of just like very non-fictional intellect and theory, and also just like the practical applicable, like life stuff. Yeah, no, for sure. I think for me, I've been on this journey of collecting inspiration, obviously, from like, you know, being in the digital universe. But also, I've been really trying to look within because, you know, when an idea comes to you, and let's say that you like, wash it off, Mm -hmm. like that idea is going to go to somebody else. And so I feel like Mm -hmm. that idea that you were placed with, because it's like, we're all and this is me kind of becoming a little bit of like a spiritual yes. right now. but it's like if we're all on the same like level of consciousness and you know we're all meant to like love one another and just like communicate with love and everything and an idea comes to me but I'm like no I don't want to do it two years later I could see somebody else doing that idea you know making and it's like wow that is amazing like the power of believing in yourself and you know like creating an idea with in contextualizing it the way that you want to contextualize it makes all the difference and you don't necessarily need to pay for someone to teach you how to do certain things or like you don't need to sign up for a course yeah because we all have a light within us yeah and if you just learn how to trust yourself and not steal other people's you know yeah copy like word for word we're gonna be in a better place and this is really to another piece, I think when you do have so many complex identities that really mold and you are operating on so many different consciousnesses, yeah. especially when you have like an intersectional identity or are a person of color, like, and you don't fit the mainstream mold, mm-hmm. then it's like that ability to take those multiple perspectives along with what's just everybody what everybody has access to and melt something like that's innovation and it really grinds my gears because particularly black people black women are so amazing at not sacrificing one like not saying like oh I have to default to be mainstream and and whitewashed like they do both so effortlessly Mm -hmm. and it makes me literally boils my blood when somebody takes that and profits off of that 
cough cough kardashians Mm. and they make billions off of it because that's an easy business move is to just knock off your competitors but i'm like but you are knocking off genius like greatness right you know what i mean and it's like ah that makes me so mad because i'm it just makes like you could never because you don't have that consciousness right so and 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 i think it all ties into storytelling right mm because like we both believe storytelling is super important and having the context of where things came from is integral to storytelling. So when me and you were talking yeah. about this episode and you're talking about how Jimmy Fallon had Charlie D'Amelio on the show yeah. and he's talking about how, oh yeah, she's the creator of the Renegade. When Charlie, you know, dang well, you are <laughs> not the creator that you, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, it ends up being this power, like this privilege that a lot of people primarily white people end up having over black voices. And that's why it's so important to like celebrate black voices. Yeah. Like, and just give, give flowers where it's due. We got it. It's easy. It's linked to, and this is really getting the weeds and we'll kind of zoom out, but it's like, it's getting into when we don't give each other flowers and we don't create that culture of camaraderie, then we're participating in the scarcity mindset, which Mm. we know limits our ability to operate at a higher consciousness, which is what I want for myself and my sisters out there. So we definitely have to like, we have to encourage each other to do that. I think we have to model that with each other to say like, I'm bringing, I'm bringing other black women up with me. I'm giving credit to the ones who literally did so much work that I could even be in this space the way that I am. Yeah. I think our conversation last week with Vic, if you haven't listened to it really just showed me that. Cause it's like, she's a little bit older than us. And I'm like, yo, it's because of what you've done in this space. I've been able to show up as my authentic self because you showed me it was straight. Exactly. You me it was cool. Exactly. But I'm curious then, Liv, like, have you ever had that experience where, like, your like, because you've had your brand pretty vibes, yeah. like, or any of the other endeavors you've done where, like, people have legit, like, taken your ideas? No, I've seen people counterfeit, like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like take the exact design, sell it in China, sell it at Elon, just change the words. At Elon. At the same school that I go to after I graduated, the exact same design. So what's your Um, thought? Like what walk us through this? Because I think a lot of us mm -hmm. can relate to this. I think it's a fight or flight moment for me. I'm not very confrontational, but like, especially when you see something that you put so much energy and love towards get like resold in a different format, but like it's so easily traceable, it, it's disheartening. And so I think for me, I have come to a point where I don't need to address any kind of negativity, any type of copying. Like I think so beyond like I'm in my own bubble I'm trying to be very protective of my creative energy and the energy that I give towards other things I think what's meant for me is meant for me and that helps prevent me from being burnt out because I think for a lot of creatives when you are constantly trying to copy someone else's ideas or you're trying to even like be a version of yourself that is not true to yourself you're going to get burnt out and so I find that in my stillness and just tuning into like what I desire and recognizing that nobody can tamper with what's mine. Just like the girl that had initially created the renegade, like, you know, she was destined to get the, mm-hmm. the appraisal that she deserved. Like some people aren't, you know, as fortunate, but it's like, 
she didn't even have to like scream at the top of her lungs. Everyone around her was able to see that. Mm. And I think for a lot of people that saw my designs get copied, literally at the same school of mine, they were hitting me up. It was sent to me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I know that my community is going to have my back. I'm not focused on that because like, yeah. how, like you're not, it's not sustainable. And I know it's not sustainable yeah. for you to try to copy off of other people's yeah. ideas. I think that's such a great example of what we all should be doing too, which mm. is when we see that calling, calling it out to make that like right that wrong or, or yeah. saying like, we're not going to invest in that because that's, you know, copy you know, and this is very different than getting dupes of things on Amazon, right, the expensive right, right, brands right, that we right. can't afford. So very different. I want people to know that disclaimer. I also think too, I've been in a lot of situations that even hearing that people stood up for you and like, we're sending it to you and giving you that. I wish people would have done that in and cases mm-hmm. where you're right. You hear somebody saying your idea and it's happened to me in the workplace. I don't know. I've seen, I think I've seen it happen before. Yeah. At school. It happened a lot at Elon where like I would have an idea or I'd start talking about something and all of a sudden it was everybody else's platform. Um, or at one point I was really interested in creating the brown girl, brown college girls and some very similar iteration of that for black college men mm-hmm. came about and things like that. Um, but I work in the nonprofit world um, and that happens all the time with my work mm. where like when I have an idea and I want to store work, it's like very unpopular. You have to go and prove yeah. it to a million and one people. And now I've been doing a like, this is really geeky, but it's like um qualitative research project for community, equitable community engagement work for like the past year and a half. And now everybody's coming to my organization and like wanting to learn about it and like do the exact same thing. And I'm like, but where were y'all? Yeah. And like nobody's saying, like, oh my gosh, you've been doing this work. Yeah. And sometimes you wish that it would be other people on staff or on yeah. your team or in the community that to would say, just like, recognize that would just like, mm-hmm. you know. Be a, be a champion mm-hmm. for for that to make that right yeah. but you see it all the time and it hurts like I think we just yeah. forget to say that like it hurts and I amazingly work for um like I have black leadership in my organization and my boss is n- like no n- not you know shot like or this isn't her first experience with it either so it's mm-hmm. nice to have that community but I'm like did you like I said that right, right. like you heard me right and she's mm-hmm. like yes and so and I think you've always been kind of similar to me like you've been more internal with it like I don't think you've ever been like what's up you know what I mean (laughs) like post up no definitely not but I do have to say it for a little bit I had had that happen to me so many times that like I became Mm -hmm. very distrusting of people Mm -hmm. and um, people close to me already know like I'm not a vulnerable person or like I'm definitely not I let my insights a minute it takes a minute because it's not that I don't want to be. Right. I just usually let things simmer in my head yeah. for a while. Like not openly, but yeah, you can be. But I do think that I let it steal my willingness to share because mm. I heard once somebody say like, you don't tell everybody your dreams. Like you yeah. don't tell everybody your amazing ideas. And I do think that sometimes we have to practice that we have to practice that discretion. Absolutely. And I'll bring in too, this is at every level in your life. Because it's like me and you even had a conversation like over winter 
where mm-hmm. we had just finished your birthday and mm-hmm. you had talked about some like a passion that you were interested in getting into mm-hmm. that was very similar to something I was doing and I was like yo I never heard you oh, talk about yeah. this before and like is this something that like we like where did you where did this come from because mm-hmm. I was like I didn't know where that was like I was like I'm wanting to do this stuff too and like what's going on so yeah. it's even one of those things where in your closest friends too like you can call people out and be like not call people out it's really just call like, people in <laughs> to be cliche but it's like just opening up the conversation to say like yo like I'm I'm curious I think approaching things with curiosity like I'm curious where you're getting that inspiration yeah. from you know mm-hmm. yeah exactly and I think the way that that will happen you're like yeah I'm trying to like I'm on that vibe like we can I can teach you I can give you resources and stuff and yeah. so it's open to like just to further prove your point like it's important to have those vulnerable moments with like the people that you trust and love in your community being like yo like this is what I'm thinking these are my ideas yeah and if they're as cool as Lexi and I they won't <laughs> I mean because I don't even want to use the word like steal because it's like again no idea is original but some people literally be yeah like when profit's involved and like you're literally like copying and pasting like so many black designers I think Denzel Dion he had uh he has his own clothing line and he was like he tweeted the other day you know it's uh you know you're doing something right when like the fast fashion girlies are like copying your design and it's like as tragic as that is it's facts yeah it's facts it makes it it just makes it tough so then what do you think are the ways that it's so hard to even think about like wow imagine a world where black creators were respected given their all black women creators were given their flowers Mm -hmm. and the way like they were seeing the they were seeing the checks come in yeah they were seeing the brand deals being signed Mm -hmm. like how do you think we should be honoring black creatives in this space I think it's about uplifting the black women and like black creatives that you admire like there's Mm. so many photographers like Miles Lofton is a wonderful black uh, photographer based in New York Salem Mitchell black model um like Danielle Washington Mm -hmm. you know co-founder of Rebundle like a sustainable hair braiding company like plugging it in where you see fit and making sure to always uplift and credit those black creatives because it's like you don't we don't gatekeep like we're done with gatekeeping we're yeah putting that in the past yeah and it's more about uplifting the people that are in your community so that they can get better opportunities and they can serve to be resources to other black people and we can like really rebuild this beautiful yeah. like collective this Ooh. black renaissance Ooh. Ooh. because like the America would be nothing without black creativity so like we've got to we I think we have a responsibility everyone like not just black people but like you know everyone to to uplift those yeah that you love and support that's it that's like (laughs) that's it that's it I think that's so important to like reclaim those stories like Mm -hmm. telling letting black giving black creatives the platform to tell their stories of their inspiration and what informs them and I love that because it's really centering the collective that there's enough room for us that we all deserve to get the adequate piece of the pie absolutely with pie day coming up but you know (laughs) I just think that you perfect chef kisses 
That's I went it, from- y'all. That's it, y'all. Like reflect on the Black creatives and Black women that you love in your life that are doing a damn good job mm-hmm. at, you know, uplifting the community or just, you know, making you smile and, and give if you them see, flowers. Yeah, give them their flowers. If you see Black creatives, Black women out there doing the dang thing that are about to be on the come up, the blow up, or have already paved the way, like starting, yeah. Give that gratitude, give those flowers, give those accolades, and stand up when you see people knocking stuff off. Like, and you see that going on, speak out, be empowered to do that. And Mm. just keep being amazing. Keep being amazing, y'all. Y'all heard it here first. We hope that y'all's March and the rest of y'all's day is wonderful. That is all that we have for today's episode. So we are setting out with peace, love, and blessings. Always have a wonderful rest of y'all's day. Bye. Bye. All right. That wraps up our episode this week. Don't forget to go check out Black Girl Flow Podcast on social media. And even check out our new YouTube channel to continue the conversation there. We really appreciate if y'all could rate and subscribe our channel. And with that said, see you all next time. Rest well, folks. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.